Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rugby League Talks. I'm Keegs, and I'm joined by a special guest today. Jake uh, from the 95 North podcast, uh, the older Jake uh, as opposed to the regular Jake. Yeah, well, see, the regular Jake is uh, very sick at the moment, so he can't join us. Um, but we are talking about the Cowboys and the Sharks today. Uh, big final happening tonight. Uh, Sharks have won the past eight games against the Cowboys. So it's going to be tough, I reckon. What's your, what do you think? Can we get up? Absolutely we can. We can win against any team in the NRL on any given day. Uh, I think we can even beat the Panthers in Penrith if we have to. It's just a matter of whether we're up for the game on the day uh, and whether our hands uh, are reliable or unreliable, unlike the last month. But uh, I think uh, two very similar teams in so many different ways. Um, both teams uh, allegedly frauds in the top four, if you ask the media. Um, both of them supposedly with uh, soft draws, easy runs into the finals, um, big big gainers over last season. Uh, the Cowboys coming from the bottom four and the Cronulla Sharks coming uh, up, I think, five or six positions on where they were last year. Um, but, uh, I think it's going to be a pretty even one. Um, what do you think? Well, I think the Cowboys can do it. And I think this game is very important. Uh, even coming off last night's result with Penrith running, if the Cowboys lose this final, they either verse rabbits or roosters, and then they have to verse Penrith if they win that game. So I think they'll have to be very switched on here and they'll have to dig deep and try and win this to get the easier draw. I would love if they win this because then they either verse um, Storm or Raiders. So we'll see how it goes, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I definitely think there's an easy side of the draw and an, a hard side of the draw, and that's all decided tonight. Yeah, um, you either go the easy way to the final or uh, just the hard way. And uh, the easier side is winning this, of course. Um, it's not impossible, uh, which we figured out last year, to lose in the first week and then go to the grand final. But in saying that, it is Penrith who did it, and they're a step above some teams. So, yeah, I think we'll just get straight into it. Um you mentioned on your podcast this week about how the Cronulla Sharks play. Uh, do you just want to go through that again really quickly? Yeah, so Cronulla um, have some similarities with the Cowboys in that they um, have uh, the ability to play a full 80 minutes without getting gassed. Um, they play a power game, whereas the Cowboys probably play with a little bit more finesse than, than power. Um, the, the Sharks... Pretty much lead the competi competition for all the indicators um, of size and strength, um, and and that's something the Cowboys haven't always dealt with well in the past. Um, they don't uh, take well to being bullied, and, and we saw a little bit of that in the Roosters game recently. But particularly over the last few seasons, any time we came up against a big pack, we pretty much went into our shell and, and let them run over the top of us. I think that's changed this year, and I think there's an opportunity for the Cowboys to at least match them in the middle. 
Um, but, uh, I think the, the thing that really stands out for, from Cronulla's perspective compared to other teams is that they run in bunches. So when they, uh, when they take a hit up, it's very rarely a one out hit up. They'll have one, two, sometimes even three players in support of that hit up. And what that does is it stretches the defense. The defense has to make a decision. They can't just, uh, gang up and, and throw three or four people into a tackle. They've got to spread out a little bit. Um, and that results particularly for quick play the ball and a lot of one-on-ones. So you can imagine when you've got blokes like, uh, Talakai and Ramian in the back line, one-on-one, it's a bit of a, a tough challenge or even, uh, on the edges when you've got Nakora or, um, uh, Hunt, Rudolph, uh, even old Fifi himself, uh, running one-on-one, um, they could either cause some damage themselves or at least get an offload to, to support players. So to me, it's going to be, it's going to be a power game and, and how the Cowboys have to handle power is through at least, uh, playing the ruck even. So if they lose the ruck, um, it's possibly going to be a long night. hundred percent. And winning the ruck comes from two players, uh, really Lolo and Cotter, they set the precedent of how the forward pack would go. Um, they, while Lolo, his minutes have been lessened recently. It's his quality of what really gets up. We all know that Todd Payton hates Lolo, but Lolo still sets the precedent. So, and Cotter, he gets to quick play the ball. So I agree. There's something that Todd will have to think about is how he uses the bench in this game. You know, if I get it up now, we have Emma, Hess, Griffin Neem, and uh, Tom Gilbert as our bench. So we can use that to our advantage in regards to Cotter's not coming off the bench. So then we have that size that's coming on and to rival the Sharks and the strengths and power game. Um, but when you say they stretch the defensive line, I think the one person they'll have to isolate and it's very effective. We've seen teams do it and that's Hiku. If we isolate him, if they isolate Hiku, it could be a bad night for us, especially because on that side, they have Talakai and Connor Tracy, it looks like, with Molotalo switching to the right side. So he'll be up against Muzz and Holmes. But isolating Hiku will be, I think, their main priority when going towards his edge. But also forcing Nenai to make defensive decisions We've seen that Nenai gets up into the face of the halves and like makes them think. But if you get up in his face and make him think, it can be 50-50 on what his calls can be. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I think that edge is is absolutely going to be where um, the, the Sharks are going to attack because uh, if you even go one further in, you've got Chad. Um, and Chad has, has defended admirably this season. He's, he's not a great defensive half. He doesn't have a, a huge impact, but he's also been picked on in a couple of games and, um, uh, he really, uh, can be, uh, a weak point in that back line. And what that does is it creates the problems that you're talking about. It puts pressure on Nanai and Hiku outside him to make, um, really good decisions, uh, and sometimes isolates them in, uh, a situation where their decision is the critical decision. Um, I've been keeping a close eye on Nanai over the last few weeks, and you can predict exactly what he's going to do in the defensive line because he follows the rules perfectly. 
Um, when he jams, he jams when he's supposed to jam, when he checks and releases, he checks and releases exactly as he's supposed to. Um, and that's probably something that can actually be exploited. If you know exactly what he's going to do, you can work him over and having Chad inside him might be a bit of a challenge. So, um, I'm really interested to see how they handle that. Um, there have been games where Nanai's pressure has pretty much shut down that whole side and opponents haven't been able to, to play on the left at all. Uh, but there have been other times where uh, inside balls in particular have um, set up some plays for some of the quick guys around the middle, which is where having William Kennedy back is going to be so important for the Sharks because his ability to play outside as well as support up the middle is massively underrated in the NRL. I think he's one of those players that if he was playing for the Roosters or if he was playing for Parra or Penrith, um, he'd be on the back page every second week. Um, I think he's a phenomenal footballer uh, and coming back from injury for the Cowboys is a little bit unfortunate for us, but I think it's going to be huge for the Sharks. Speaking of fullbacks, like, yeah, Kennedy is, he can be really good and he can go through the guts of you. He's that versatile fullback where he will go to an edge to add that extra man or he'll go through the guts of you. But that's also what happens with Drinky. You know, uh -huh. If Drinky, he can add that extra man or he'll sometimes go into the middle and he'll be the fifth tackle option. So we've seen that Tommy Dearden doesn't kick a lot sometimes and it's Chad and Drinky. So if you can jam Drinky, you can shut down his input into the game. But you also have that Luke, Chiano and Dearden, they love going deep into the line. I think the left side of Cowboys is going to have a field day on the right side because you're going to be able to target Nifo Hines, uh, Jesse Ramian and Murotalo just to like go deep and draw them in. So then Muzz and Val have that space to run and go through holes. Though that, I think, to, besides from Penrith and Rabbits, Cows have the best offensive side on the left. So oh. you got to be very careful of where Tommy Dearden will go. And if you have Drinky at the back of him, he has two options that are equally as dangerous. Yeah, I'm really interested in that side as well. Um, I think you're right in terms of the attack versus Cronulla's right side defense um, with Leilua coming up. Um, against Nakora. So Nakora's had a, had, had a big day out last week with three tries against Phoenix Crossland. Um, I reckon I could have scored two of them. Uh, that's how bad Phoenix Crossland is in the, in the front line defensively. Um, but they use him as a really mobile, but yet sneaky, powerful player, but in defense, um, coming up against Luciano, that's going to be a real challenge for him. Uh, he's going to need a lot of inside pressure supporting him, um, uh, because Nico Hines outside him is, is a serviceable half in defense. He's not a bad half, but he's not going to be able to, uh, take Luciano one-on-one. -on -one. So if Nakora can't cover Luciano and he doesn't have the support inside him, um, that could cause enough disruption for that shape that you're talking about with, um, Dearden and Drinky at the back to pretty much do whatever they want to do. So out of all of that, I know we've spoken about a lot of players, um, the player that excites me most on the left side is Val. Um, and what Val is potentially going to do against Ramian. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Ramian's lateral mobility, and I think Val's the kind of player who can absolutely exploit that. 100%. And we've seen what he can do when you give him a gap. Um, I think it was against Manly. He had a blinder. So, and he got a lot of space within that because Manly were 
their line was depressed. Um, but if you're able to loosen the defensive line of Cronulla, they have to be careful of Robson and then support running with Drinky through the middle. Robson has been a great hooker this year. I think it's between him and Afi Korosau for Dalian Hooker of the Year. And he, I think he, he was unfortunate to get a Blues jersey this year. While he was in the extended squad, I think he should have been playing. Should, should have been him starting and then Appy off the bench. So we'll see how the cause of the Sharks can handle the running game of Robson. Because if we don't get quick play the balls off like Lolo and Cotter, Robson's effectiveness will go down because he can't do that quick scoot from dummy half with drinking and support. Uh, we saw it against a number of teams, Dragons and Warriors, for instance, where his running game was able to break the defensive line of those two teams, and then Drinky came into support and got a try from it. Yeah, uh, I've uh, I've picked plenty of fights about Robbo on, online this year. Um, I think he's been hands down the best um, all-round hooker in the NRL by a long way. Um, Uppy does some things that no other hookers can do. Um, Grant has missed a few games. Uh, Cook, I think, is on the slide a little bit. And um, as good as Ben Hunt has been at hooker, I think he's absolutely a halfback in, in the NRL, uh, if not uh, representative footy. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he certainly has um, the ability to lead defensive line speed. He has the ability to run the ball, ball play, set up, support. I think he's pretty much the perfect NRL hooker, whether that translates to rep jerseys or not, that's another debate. Um, but I've got a big question for you, mate. I've been thinking about this all week and I still can't figure it out from what I've seen of Cronulla. Um, we both know the Cowboys kicking game. We both know the strategy behind it. We both know the variety and how they use it in attacking and, uh, attacking and defensive situations. But I just can't figure out Cronulla's strategy with kicking. So there are a couple of things that have sort of baffled me a little bit. Um, there's a uh, suggestion that Mulatalo will switch to the right wing from his his normal left wing. Um, and we've got um, essentially a utility slash half um, on the other side in Connor Tracy, who's pretty serviceable in the outside backs, but may not be a, um, a winger. Um, and we've got a, a Cronulla Sharks side that, um, is one of the shortest, um, kicking teams in the competition that don't kick, um, the same distance that most other teams do. So stylistically, they're a little bit different. Um, Matt Moylan, Nicholas Hines and Blake Braley. What are they going to do with their kicking game? How are they going to attack the Cowboys with the boot? I think you have, so the back three are relatively good under the high ball. You know, Drinks can have his moments, but then you have the two wingers, Felty and Muzz, who are good aerialists. So I think if you kick it long and short, you can get that effectiveness of they, they're not coming on off the front foot. Because if you look at it, those back three, when they catch it high, they can just easily sprint, but you're going to have to slow down to catch that short, that, um, long and, um, short ball. So, um, with, if height, so if you can kick it long and flat, I think the effectiveness of those three with kick meter returns will be lessened. Um, I think they also do that to kick them into corners 
which is what the Cowboys should do. And that is to jam the back five into corners. So then their kick meter returns aren't as good because that back five of Canella, their kick meter returns can be absolutely outstanding at times. So yeah, oh. kick long and short. All right. So, so let's, let's talk about some of the attacking situations. Cronulla's, um, moving towards fourth, fifth tackle. They're on the Cowboys line. They've put a bit of pressure on. They've had two or three repeat sets, um, in the last 10 minutes. Um, how do they attack the Cowboys line? Um, if they're not going to use their regular, uh, hands plays or shapes or, um, short balls with the forwards, um, are they going to be kicking to the wings? Are they going to be kicking up? Um, or are they going to be looking to get in behind the line, maybe a little bit of misdirection to drinky and, and kick for someone like a Kennedy, um, closer to the posts? Um, that's a good question. I think. Wow, you got me. Yeah, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because yeah. like, I haven't seen a lot of trends from the Sharks, which is for, for a, an opponent, I'm sure is quite difficult because if you've got trends, if you know the Cowboys are always going to kick on the fifth to Nanai halfway between the post and the corner post, mm. and it's not that hard to defend, but if, um, they're potentially going to kick both sides of the field at all sorts of different heights and in all sorts of different styles from different kickers, it becomes a bit of a challenge, but Cronulla, I just can't figure them out. So, uh, it'll be interesting to watch tonight at the very least, yeah. um, to see how they do that. I know they use the ball in hand a little bit more than, than most sides. Um, but, uh, interesting, interesting wrinkle in the game tonight. I think. I think that's where they will get the Cowboys on the line is by using that, um, passing ability, but you could also, so. Parramatta did this last night. They did a double lead and then they went to their, they went to their second lead runner and was able to score there. But if you're not, you use, I think Sharks use those two calls being, being their two props and their lock as a double lead. You go to Nico and I think that swings the defensive line of the Cowboys. So then you, you can do a grubber into the in goal and get like a little Kennedy or Nicore to score a try there. Um, or that's when the defense, that's when the passing abilities of Canola come in handy. You have Moylan doing a sweet play. You have Kennedy doing a sweet play. So if yeah, they can do that, I think that's how they get over the Cowboys line. Yeah. And, and I think you're right. That all comes off, um, the shapes and the options that they set up. Um, I think, uh, it's sharks very much like the Panthers, um, pretty much set up, um, their second half early. Um, they'll throw three or four shapes at you, um, get you into a, a situation where you're guessing that they'll do the same thing again, and then throwing in a little, uh, little wrinkle here and there to, to really offset it. So if the Cowboys do overcommit, uh, in the middle to some of those, um, two and three forward runs, or if they overcommit on the outside and spread in the middle, I think, the, um, I think we might be in a situation where Hines has a really big game in terms of decision-making. Um, I'm not so concerned about Matt Moylan on the other side. Um, I think we'll see a lot of third and fourth tackle um, uh, hit-ups on the left side to set up the right rather than the other way around. I think uh, we might even see 
Talakai getting a little bit bored um, tonight. I think there'll be a lot of work on their right edge against our left edge, but I'm pretty confident though in our left edge, um, in Val and Muzz's ability to make smart decisions, uh, their ability to jam when they need to jam. Um, but the one thing that does concern me about all of that is by shifting Molotalo to the right, um, Muzz's, um, one of his minor weaknesses, not a massive weakness, one of his minor weaknesses is his ability to turn and chase, uh, and whether that's turning and chasing, uh, an overlap, uh, like a, a Mulatalo on the right, um, or turning and chasing a little grubber on the inside. Um, it could be something that the, uh, the sharks are really going to try and, uh, exploit, but, um, I'm, I'm quite confident in our left side. Um, I think they'd be better off spending all their time on the left, um, of their attack and our right side. So, um. Interesting. It's, it's, it's interesting. I, I think this is one of those matchups where it's less predictable than a number of the other games that we've played recently, where you just know what a team's going to do and you know how it's going to be counted. It just comes down to execution. I think there might actually be some strategic advantages on both sides of the ball tonight if um, the coaches make smart moves. And if you believe uh, the media this week, uh, Fitzgibbon is a chance of winning coach of the year. Um, even though Todd Payton should have it absolutely wrapped up, but, uh, he's certainly done a great job with, uh, with the Sharks and turned what was uh, sort of an underperforming team into potentially even an overperforming team. He's done a good job. Yeah. I, the fact that, you know, Craig has done wonders with that Shark side. Uh, they had that middle area where they were a bit rocky and their second half performance wasn't the best, but I think Payton has a good chance of winning it. And I think he could win it, but what? Craig has it be able to do with this is with Nico, like he signed Nico and Nico is really their go-to guy with strategy and making shape. So I think, and he's, and he's the better kicker of the two halves, you know? So I think you've got to put so much kick pressure on Hines that when it t comes time to make those decisions, he's just we're up in his face and saying, no, nah, you're not going anywhere. You're not passing. You're not kicking. We've got you. And that's come. Yeah, I, I, I think you, yeah, I, th I think you touched on a really important point up the front and that's that, um, line speed. So it's not just the quick to play, play the balls, but it's also, uh, Reuben Cotter's line speed, um, uh, Cohen Hess's line speed, um, and having one of those on the bench and one of those starting, I think it's really important. You need to have at least one of those guys on the field, um, for most of the game because, uh, I know, uh, a lot of people get a little bit upset by Cohen Hess not being a 150 meter runner with, uh, two tries a game, but his, um, his pressure, even if it doesn't actually result in, um, a tackle or a takedown of any sort, um, his pressure on the kicker, his pressure on the halves from the inside, um, is really important to the Cowboys defensive efforts. So, um, I think you're right. You've got to cut off, uh, Heinz, uh, time and space and, uh, Peyton mentioned that in yesterday's press conference, but that comes in my mind, at least from Cotter and, and Hess and to an extent, uh, Nanai on the right side and possibly even Val and Muzz on the left side is, it's really jamming in, um, and making him make decisions before he's ready to make those decisions. And you touched on it earlier with Nanai, how he, we kick between the second post and the, um, sideline post and we get it and it's easy to defend. But if you got, if you do a high, if you kick to more than high and you've got Nanai there, or even if you don't have Nanai there, you have Cohen Hess, you have those two yeah. pressuring Moylan on the line 
it's going to be, I think it's going to be really effective, especially because you have that, you have the Cowboys surrounding that area. So then they can just spread it out wide and make, and force the Sharks to be frantic and try and make that tackle before we get over the line. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes we forget that, um, Footy players are human, um, and they do have emotions and they do, um, have fears. Um, they're not all superheroes a hundred percent of the time. And you can throw, um, big bodies. If you can throw pressure and you can throw, um, size and strength at someone over time, it does actually have a psychological impact on you, um, over the, the course of the game. And I think the Panthers did it really well and fairly last night against, uh, Mitch Moses. They threw some really big bodies at him, hmm. uh, and to his credit, he stood up really well to them in the defensive line until he um, had that head knock late, but it does take, it did take away from his attacking game. He wasn't as participative as he normally would be, um, because he was copying it. Like it, it's the old tactic of, um, send big bodies at their primary playmaker or at, um, a weak link in the defensive line. And over time you can actually, um, wear them down. And, and we saw what happened to Paul Wanger Blake last night after he dropped that first bomb, he was pretty much taken out of the game. Um, he, uh, he had really rough night because of that psychological impact. And I think if you can do that, if you can throw big bodies at Moylan in, when he's attacking, um, and then throw big bodies at him in the defensive line, you can potentially create a weakness when there, uh, wasn't one there. And I think you, you've got to probably do that on both sides. You can't let Nico Hines have time and space, uh, in the way that Parramatta gave Nathan Cleary time and space in the second half last night. So, um, it's hard. Well, rugby league is such a hard game. The effort you've got to put in, um, time after time, after time, the fitness you've got to have is just phenomenal. I think sometimes we lose sight of that. We look at the big plays, we look at the spectacular highlights, but we forget that time that, um, Jordan McLean chased out from marker to shut down an inside ball, or we forget that time that Cohen Hess, um, sprinted across the field in, in cover to cover an inside ball. And the guy didn't even get the ball and the, and, uh, a tackles made on the outside. You, you don't see those things sometimes or value them, um, but they can have such a huge impact, not just on, on that one play, but throughout the rest of the game. So, um, yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for finals. Yeah. So, same here. You know, I've got both teams playing today. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Especially with Raiders and Storm coming up and then the Cowboys Sharks game. So I think relatively well, like in a perfect world, how do we win? Is that by having that, um, perfect set? Like we complete our sets relatively well. Is that our aim tonight? Yeah, look, um, we've mentioned ruck speed and I think that's a given. Um, I don't think you can win too many games without at least coming close to matching your opponent, but, um, I think it's all going to come down to ball control. Um, the Cowboys talk about playing the right way and the playing the right way is, um, being effective early by, um, completing your sets, getting into the grind, defending strongly, putting pressure on the opponent with field position and possession wherever you can, and, and then, uh, feeding off their errors. Um, but if, uh, the opposite happens and, you, and you're put on the back foot early, I still think the Cowboys have the fitness and the composure to come back, but it certainly makes it a, a lot harder, particularly away from home. Um, the, the travel aspect I think is underplayed in the NRL and the impact that that can have on a team. I think the Cowboys are, are managing that extremely well this season. 
But when you get down to a situation where you've got two teams that are so evenly mashed, every little thing counts. Um, but to me, it's, it's, I know it sounds very simplistic, but it comes down to handling. The Cowboys can have um, less than eight handling errors for the game. I reckon the Cowboys will win and, and probably win comfortably. Uh, Cronulla are one of those teams that performs very well despite having uh, a high error rate uh, alongside the Roosters, another team that does very well despite high error rates. Um, but sometimes the Sharks, it can get out of control. Um, and I think having pressure through possession early from the Cowboys, I think that's the key. I reckon this game can actually be won and almost wrapped up. Um, if the Cowboys are on par or, or just ahead on the scoreboard at halftime, if they've got a sort of a 55 to 60% um, possession advantage um, at the half, I think uh, the Cowboys will be pretty comfortable from there. Yeah. Um, on the line, so we're on Cronulla's defensive line, but looking for repeated sets, where do we go? I haven't seen a lot of that from the Cowboys lately, to be honest. Um, I haven't seen a lot of those sorts of repeat sets. Um, it's not that the Cowboys have been going from for hero plays, um, but they've been backing themselves to to score or come close to scoring and accepting uh, a handover of possession. Um, and I think that's possibly uh, something they've been trying as opposed to that's the way they want to play. Um, I reckon um, we're probably going to look a little bit more like um, the Cowboys leading into Origin, uh, where there was quite a little bit of um, repeat set coming off, off kicks, coming off um, forced errors from kicks and coming off um, forced dropouts. Uh, and I can see that potentially coming from both halves. Uh, so Chad has absolutely dominated um, the kicking up until the last couple of weeks when he's taken a little bit of a backseat, which seemed quite deliberate. Um, but I can see Dearden actually using his short kicking game and Drinky using the, his short kicking game probably more as a, as a change of style from what the Sharks might have seen on the videotape for the last three or four weeks. Because um, I think the Cowboys have the opportunity to, to really rub that in um, early and often, um, but it, it requires the Cowboys to be in an attacking set. Um, you don't get a lot of uh, repeat sets from grubbers uh, from the halfway line. You've really got to be inside the the, the 10 metre line to make that happen. But um, I reckon we're going to start seeing a little bit more um, of a balanced possession between Drinky, Dearden and Chad, and a little bit more of a, a balanced kicking game between the three, uh, as long as the Cowboys can get good field position. I reckon Chad's still going to do 90 plus percent of the long kicking, but I reckon that short kicking might be split up and there might be a few little wrinkles in there. There might be a few little surprising uh, Robbo grubbers because you don't see them very often. Um, and, uh, fingers crossed, we don't rely on, uh, a 78th minute Jake Granville grubber into the end goal from dummy half because, mm. uh, we might be in a bit of trouble. <laughs> Lord. Uh, well, thankfully that can't happen because Granville isn't in the squad yet. Uh, yet. <laughs> no, he's still, he's still in the 19. There's still a chance. I, I love Jakey. I love Jakey. He's just had a. One of those seasons where all those little trick shots have gone horribly wrong. Mm. And it doesn't help that the fact they're playing him as like a second rower at times. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, Granny, Granny's been a great, um, uh, a great, uh, servant of the club for a number of years. Um, but the reason he's been a great servant of the club is we've had 
six, eight, ten players out and he's had to play fullback or wing or centre yeah. and he's done what he's had to do to help the team. When he's put in um, sort of like a primary role in a, in a winning team, um, it's probably not the, the A option. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a little bit of time in one of the games in the finals, but I'm sure that uh, plan A is for Robbo to play full 80 minutes and Granny just to be there as injury cover. That, that can be fair, yeah, 100%. Um, so we've talked about the backs of Cronulla. Who primarily do we need to focus on in the forwards of Cronulla? Mine is Blake Braley, and that is with Dean and Mark Rook. Yeah, I um, I think Blake Braley is a solid player. I reckon he's already hit his peak. I don't think there's much more in him. And I know I'll get into a lot of trouble for saying that. And I know I'll cause all sorts of additional fights online um, if this gets outside Cowboys, uh, Cowboys world. Um, but I, I don't think he has enough dimensions in his game to be a threat. But if you forget about him, um, you're probably in a lot of trouble. He's got a solid passing game, excellent defensive game. Um, he has a bit of a running game, um, but I think a lot of what um, he benefits from is those guys running um, in bunches uh, and uh, that front row. Uh, it's probably the, the most underrated in the competition. Uh, Toby Rudolph and Royce Hunt, uh, two almost no-name players, um, but are very powerful, very reliable, and both have a little bit of skill in them. Um, which I think is a little underrated as well. Um, both are able to pop a pass or add as um, surprise linkmen. Um, but to me, their bench is what um, is most impressive about them. Uh, Cowboys usually have an advantage on the bench, whether it's um, uh, Cotter coming off the bench or Hess or Neal or Gilbert um, or even McLean, who's played off the bench at times, Jermaine Tenor Brown, we've had Luciano off the bench at times. Um, Cowboys have usually had a bit of an advantage in that 25 to 50 metre minute mark of a game, but uh, the Sharks have got an absolutely monster bench. Um, Teague Wilton's fantastic young player. Cameron McInnes um, has quietly gone about his business this year, regularly racks up 40 tackles a game off the bench, um, is a smart player, a former hooker, has good ball skills. Uh, Brayden Hamlin ULA has, has gone from a Cowboys reject to a, a part-time bench player to a starter, to uh, a pretty important cog in the Cronulla uh, machine in the finals. So he's really improved year on year. And then Andrew Fafito, 250th game. Uh, it's his second farewell game for uh, for the Sharks at home. Um, he could do anything. He could turn the, turn the clock back. He was absolutely the most devastating player in rugby league, and he still has some of those skills. Um, Cronulla are the... Uh, I think the first or the second uh, highest offloading team in the competition. Um, and defensively, I think they allow the least or the second least number of offloads. And Andrew Fafita is a big part of that. Massive body that needs to be wrapped up. And if you don't wrap him up, um, he'll get an offload. If you do wrap him up, he's a good chance of staying on his feet and getting a fairly good play the ball against um, three markers uh, if you don't peel quickly enough. So, um, the fours are great on the in the starting side. Really impressive. Good solid pack. Didn't even mention Dale Finucane or Wade Graham. Um, two very experienced campaigners with a lot of finals experience. But to me, that bench um, is going to be dangerous. Uh, and it's going to be dangerous if the Cowboys don't have that little possession boost in that first 25 minutes. 100%. You know, it, it could be one. We, we say this about every game, really. But... <laughs> 
it could be one within the middle. So it, it comes down from rich defensive line stretches first, I think. Would you agree? Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, the more I think about this game, the less I think I know what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> and, and, and that's the best footy you can watch, right? Um, when you don't know what's going to happen, when you, you don't know what the script is, when you don't know what the teams are definitely going to do, you've got an idea, you know what their strengths and weaknesses are, you know how they match up a little bit, you know a little bit about the trends, but um, this really could go anyway. And I think um, how that defensive line is stretched, I think is a really big question. Um, is it going to be stretched through ruck speed? Is it going to be stretched through early shifts? And Cronulla um, love to shift the ball early, particularly to their left. Um, is it going to be stretched by a player like Drinky uh, or Kennedy up the middle. Um, is someone going to try a trick shot early? Are we going to see a, a surprise short kickoff um, to start to get? Well, I don't know. I really yeah. just don't know. And that's and that's um, that's that's great fun as a footy fan. Uh, and I think um, if I was going to compare this to any other game, I think it's going to going to be the uh, the Storm versus Raiders game as well. I reckon there are so many unknowns in that one that um, you're going to have. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> a great time this afternoon and this evening with both your teams playing, but I think it's going to be pretty stressful as well. So where, where do you see it? Where do you see it being won or lost? If you had to put money on, um, uh, a particular style or a particular moment in the first half that was going to set up a game, where would you see that coming from? I see it who's going first and I see it on who is more compressed in the defensive line speed, uh, more compressed in the defensive line, sorry, of like, are we stretched out? Are we compressed? I think it, it, it comes down to what is the defensive line, the defensive speed and the defensive line like by the 20 meter mark, 20 minute mark. So. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are well, well placed there with, with McLean, uh, with Tamalolo, with Cotter, and even with Luciano to an extent is, um, keeping strong in that middle, yeah. keeping tight and keeping it all neat. Um, and I think that's Jordan McLean's strength. Uh, what's the thing that a lot of, uh, Cowboys fans don't see in his game. They're, they're looking for the big meters or, um, the tackle busts, but, uh, his ability to keep tight in the middle. And, uh, I think that's where the Cowboys might miss Jermaine Snow Brown a little bit. Um, uh, that's his strength. That's his game. That's pretty much his only. His only strength is his ability to keep tight in the middle. So uh, I reckon you could be right um, if they're able to keep strong, if they're able to um, repel some of those two and three man hit ups that they have and control that second phase play uh, in the guts. Um, it might lead to something positive on the outside. So uh, I keep thinking back to the the Parramatta game against the Cowboys, where the Cowboys were getting absolutely battered on their own line for about 20 minutes, um, turning, uh, the opponents away constantly. And then the first time the Cowboys got the ball in uh, an attacking situation scored easily. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's that kind of game where the two teams are smashing into each other and, um, one team is able to just get that defensive foothold and, and really get some confidence and then able to score pretty quickly off the back of that. So, um, could go either way. Uh, I'm, I'm tipping a Cowboys win, um, but, uh, I think it's going to be a real close one. And that's a difficult thing. You don't know. You really don't know. I don't, I can't put a margin on this game of 
how, who wins by how much. Because I, I think about it, I think, oh, this could be a low scoring, but then, oh, but this could happen. It can be really high scoring. So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's great. So good. It's so good. I'm going to absolutely enjoy the game tonight. So, if you had to have a tip, um, if you had to put a score on this one, what would your score be? Oh. Mm, 18 to 14. I think. Yeah, I guess it's going to be one of those tough ones. I think if you get a penalty right in the sticks, right between the sticks early on, take it. Take the two. I think that could be momentum, momentum changer. Yeah. I I could see that playing into the Cowboys' favor too, a lower scoring, um, final, uh, the ability to sort of get into that grind and, um, trust their defense might be, uh, might be a bit of an advantage. Um, Cronulla don't have the discipline issues I've had in previous years, but, Mm. um, when you have a look at the team, there are a couple of loose units in there. Um, uh, I suppose you could say the same about Cohen Hess and some of his decision-making, um, at times, um, but. Uh, maybe it is, maybe it comes down to, um, a penalty goal or two, um, uh, and hopefully it doesn't get down to, well, maybe, maybe, maybe it should get down to one of those heartbreakers where it comes down to uh, a bit of a, a field goal kickoff in, uh, in the last minute of the game or even in, in golden point. But, uh, I reckon, uh, I reckon the Cowboys are going to get this one either way. Um, I can see them overcoming a, a few, um, interesting situations in the game, whether they're, uh, created by, uh, the players or the officials, uh, but I reckon they're going to be too strong, too tough. And I can see this being sort of around that sort of 24 to 16 type margin where you don't have that big blowout where your both teams are scoring 30 points, um, or you don't have one of those real grinds where it was, was the, the power of Penrith game last year when it was eight, six, I think it could be one of those intermediate games. So an 18, 16 scoreline, I reckon, mate, you, you could be pretty close to the mark. Yeah. Oh. Look, um, as long as we don't go down to the wire and we rely on Kyle Felt scoring a try on the buzzer again, <laughs> my heart will be okay because this could define, th- these two games today could define how my final footy feeling is. I could either be loving my footy or hating my footy. You'll be loving your footy no matter what, man. I know you. I know you. You'll still find a way oh, yeah. to, to enjoy it. It just <laughs> might be a couple of sad days couple of sad days if things don't work out this afternoon, but Cowboys get a second chance no matter what. Uh, there's a little bit more pressure on, uh, on your Raiders boys, although they've got a great record down there in Melbourne. Um, so, uh, anything's possible. Yeah. Anything's possible in finals. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say before we go? No, um, I think we've, we've pretty much covered the whole lot. Um, I think we've gone from coaching all the way through the forwards, the backs, the halves, um, the whole lot. Um, I think, uh, I think it's just going to be one of those ones where if you can see a separation between the two teams, I don't think you're looking fairly at both sides. It's just going to be an absolute cracker. Uh, and, uh, I'll have my pizza and my six pack ready. I'm going to have uh, <laughs> a bit of a special meal for the <laughs> for the game tonight. I love it. I'm going to absolutely love it. I'll be yelling at the TV screen from kickoff all the way through to the final whistle. And where can we find you on social media for your podcast? Social media, 
um, podcast is all 95 North, 95 North. Um, uh, I think I'm on uh, Facebook and Twitter mostly. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, happy happy to be on uh, Footy Talks. This is uh, this is certainly one of my favourite podcasts of the week. Uh, it's great to hear you guys uh, going off on your tangents. Uh, and uh, it's always good to talk to someone who loves their footy as well. Oh, thanks, mate. And with that, what do we love? We love our footy, mate.